moments will be lost in time. Like tears. La La Land. La La Land has 14 Oscar nominations this year and is tied for the most nominated movie in Oscar history, winning seven Oscars. Production design, cinematography, original score, song, directing, actress, and best picture. Welcome to Hollywood's biggest night. <clears throat> the stars are out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that means, kids? It's time for your annual Film Runners Oscar special. <laughs> the applause that we're obviously expecting. It's so, so freaking cold out on this red carpet. Why'd they change the Oscars to Wisconsin? <laughs> They had to bring them somewhere, like, outside the U.S. so that everybody could attend this here. Yeah, Wisconsin, famously outside <laughs> the U.S. <clears throat> so, uh, we did something a little special today for the Oscars. It's not the usual Film Runners format. Uh, what we have is a triple feature where each of us chose one Oscar-nominated film from the 2018 Oscar nominations. Yes. Whee! So, would we like to introduce the films that we've chosen? I don't know if it'll be in the title, so it might be a surprise for the listeners. <gasps> sure. Um, I chose Kong Gull Island. And um, it is... What, what's it nominated for? <laughs> Let me pull it. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm pulling up the categories on my phone because I can't remember the exact thing. It's for... Vis it's for visual <laughs> oh so I did know it it's just best visual effects <laughs> that's what it's been nominated for um, deservedly so I would say but I, I think everyone knows the basic plot of a Kong Skull Island movie where people go to Skull Island and they meet Kong <laughs> that's, that's mm -hmm. a basic premise of it in the next movie Incha I picked Tanya, which is the kind of, sort of, maybe-ish, eh, maybe true life story of Tanya Harding and Jeff Gululi's account of what happened to, it was, it was the incident. Uh, it's nominated for actress in a leading role, Margaret Robbie, actress in a supporting role, Allison Janney, and film editing. Yay. I chose... The Boss Baby. God damn it. <laughs> Nominated for Best Animated Picture. Best Picture. Best no, director. it's not the Best Picture. Yeah, best. If it was nominated Best Picture, we wouldn't be doing this episode. <laughs> it, it is, yeah, we would inch would have disowned raged, the Oscars in general. I would have raged this entire show. <laughs> God, I hope, I hope there is a La La Land moment <laughs> this La La year. La La Land. Someone just... <laughs> It's, yeah, that's that's gonna be Hugh Jackman's next film. No, the Lala Man is like um like that movie Bye Bye Man. It's yes. like 
it it's this don't know uh, michael don't 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 say it don't think it no it's <laughs> it, it's this 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 creature that that uh stalks all the people involved with that screw up so like warren b he'll be like washing his face in the mirror and he'll look and be like the law man and then his face will get slammed into the glass I actually like that. That's that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah, if Jimmy Kimmel doesn't use that as a skit on the opening ceremony. You know what Jimmy Kimmel was in? Uh, <laughs> the Boss Babe. That should be a uh, conflict of interest. <laughs> it shouldn't be allowed to be nominated because he's You should have caught that before we had to watch it. <laughs> that should have disqualified us from exactly. being able to do it. <laughs> Yeah, because we because also it's uh, I'm here with with Michael and Incha and our guest Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, did you say that? Yeah, you said you. Possibly is the way you. Yeah, yeah, I I introduced it. Okay. Um. So I think what we'll do here is we'll go through our movies, uh, kind of like we did on our double features month back in September, uh, where we go through. Just our own discussion of each movie on its own, and then we'll probably do a wrap-up at the end. (laughs) So, uh, starting us off, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. So you guys, uh, Incha, you had... (laughs) I've I've seen it, oh my god, I've seen it in the movie like three or four times, and then I have a poster of it too, because I love, I love that movie. It's so good. Uh... And Billy, this was the first time for you, right? It was. It was my first time. Um, I love Kong movies, but this one, I guess, never had a chance to yet. Mm-hmm. And what I loved was sitting down and literally forgetting all the promo of this movie. And so I was like, oh, I didn't know he was in this movie. Oh, I didn't know he was in this movie. <laughs> Just continually, over and over again. The only person who I remembered was actually in the film was John C. Riley. And and Kong. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I did. I did know him. I knew because the actor was also in War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Terry Tari. He was a uh, rocket in all three of the. Mm-hmm. Right. He also played. Have you guys seen The Square? Another Oscar-nominated movie. Yeah, that's the one with Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, no, Elizabeth Moss in it. Yeah, with yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, where it's like you see this, Elizabeth uh, Olsen first. I got yeah. I... Oh, just too I many Elizabeths. There, I get it. <laughs> get it. Okay. They've got a similar sort of vibe. Except I think Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. Yeah. Whereas Elizabeth Olsen just has this. Yeah. So that's the, di- no, that's wait, the there, main is difference. The, is there an Elizabeth yeah. Olsen? Yeah. She, yeah. But it's Mary she Kate plays, and Ashley. Yeah, they have another yeah. sister. She's like the... Oh. And well, actually, she's the me. youngest sister. Which is weird, because she looks older than the both of them. Yeah. But I, I, well, I'm that's, probably that's what just... happens without the full house money. Yeah. Plus, I think they smoke a lot. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I don't know why that would make her look older. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a portrait of Second. Dorian Gray type deal. I get it. Like I... Except, I mean, come on. I mean, Elizabeth I... Olsen, she's a very lovely looking lady. Yeah, I feel like, like, I feel like Elizabeth... Let's <laughs> not call her like a famously horrifying photo. <laughs> I feel like Elizabeth Olsen is like a lot more mature, mature yeah. than the both of them. 100%. And the... But I think a lot of that is just um, leftover memories of seeing the Olsen twins as, like, teenagers singing about backpacks and shit. Yeah. Whereas we've never seen <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen sing about backpacks. 
and not like make what was their song about backpack i don't i'm making it up i don't know if there's they probably, a song had, the they probably had one in like their dozens of movies which i probably still oh, have like right all the like vhs covers for when they're like preteens or whatever yeah. they're always wearing they backpacks. always wear backpacks so i assume <laughs> yeah so i assume there's a yeah. song backpacks and butterfly clip there you go. <laughs> that's like the bed knobs and broomsticks for the next generation <laughs> Well, no, for, like, a previous, a lost generation. Because <laughs> this generation's bedknobs and broomsticks would be bedknobs and broomsticks, but they'd be, like, shoved up each other's asses because kids are into lots of crazy shit these days. That turned a hard left real quick. Why are we talking about the Olsen <laughs> They were in Kong Skull Island. Because it's Hollywood's biggest <laughs> Oh, right. So tearing notary or notari um he has a really great scene in um the square where he does like a performance art piece at this dinner and it's it's just him shirtless and he's got the the like arm extender things that they use during the planet of the apes movie to like Mm -hmm. motion capture being apes um and he comes in and he acts like an ape but it's just like him like he's not dressed like an ape or anything and it's like the best scene in the entire movie very funny and then super intense and uncomfortable it's great. but he's he's really good he's he's very good and i'm glad he got to play kong in this and go to the go to the circus for it <laughs> i mean honestly the amount of people i don't know if it, it like worked really well for me because i knew so many of the actors character actors in this movie um and i couldn't tell whether it was on purpose or just because i happened to know a ton of them but i couldn't have guessed ever who was gonna live or die because they kill off like so many people you don't expect because they were all in like names to you yeah they were all like semi names so that they were like at an area where it's like oh they could easily die or they could live till the end i have no idea who they're gonna kill it's actually very true mm-hmm. yeah mm. i didn't expect um God, the one guy who had like the bomb, like he he like detonated the bombs, and that they had he had it in his hand, and he was just like, "Come and get me!" And then like the skull crawler oh, kind of like, yeah. yeah, like the like the old soldier who was who was like, "I took this gun off a father." Or like a I, I didn't know if he was gonna die or not, and I was surprised <clears throat> that he actually died. Also, I just mm-hmm. love the way he died. It's oh, he did because like it was like a big sacrifice, but it was for absolutely nothing. Like he helped nothing yeah, with it's that. Almost like that's a commentary on the Vietnam War. <laughs> um, yeah, that was Shea Wiggum, who's a fantastic actor, and yeah, I so... thought it was it was they did a good job of like setting it up as a big noble sacrifice and then just totally deflating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. Um, I thought when John Goodman died, that was a big surprise too. Not so much that he did, but when he did. Yeah. I think yeah. I didn't expect it. It wasn't with much yeah. fanfare. Um, which was cool. I mean, it's always sad to see John movie, but it was still <laughs> Although, you know, when he's fucking around with you that mean... camera that starts flashing and making noises, you're like, oh, John yeah. Goodman. Like, it's coming <laughs> yeah. soon. I thought he was great in the first scenes of the film. I think mean, that was his best... I think that was the best acting he did because you could tell he was just like this crazy man with hope in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's talking to Richard Jenkins, get them sent to Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was absolutely playing crackpot perfectly. I also got freaked out by him because like he had lost so much weight by them. I'm just like, why are you melted? 
but <laughs> that yeah that is true. uh post weight loss jungle and th- there's a bit of a um uncanny valley aspect <laughs> where you got to get used to because you expect almost like twice he's, as yeah, much good let me let me put it this way he's gonna win a few sag awards that's funny billy that's funny <laughs> that was actually really good that's the best thing you said all day <laughs> ever <laughs> like no, anyway so nom yeah nom. see i found so uh, the reason why i really enjoyed this movie um i found it very like comic booky uh like a lot of like splashes of color and fast action and sort of like the vietnam era aspect of it felt like a very um like old sort of monster war comic kind of thing to me like it felt very much like a comic book movie. i see that samuel L. jackson was really playing a comic book yeah. villain yeah like one of my notes i have down here is you're not supposed to like nom <laughs> yeah he was definitely a an ahab character whose white whale was yeah. just continuing to fight a war <laughs> any old war will do um yeah. what did you guys think of tom hiddleston and brie larson I'm I'm gonna put it this way. They were fantastic to look at. <laughs> but what who were they? What did they do? I don't think they necessarily had characters as much as they had nice action sequences. I mean, yeah, I think I I think one of the problems is every other role is or most of the other roles are filled by a, a character actor who is very good at making the most of little. So even if you didn't have interesting characters like John Goodman or some of the soldiers, Samuel Jackson or John C. Riley, those actors mm-hmm. themselves are interesting enough to bring a lot to a role that might not have much. Whereas maybe Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are, because I think they're great actors, but they're sort of stuck in the having fun being the generic attractive of a movie yeah. which is probably fun yeah. for them to play like it must have been great for tom hiddleston to like wear a gas mask and cut up a bunch of cgi birds with a katana oh but that but, scene uh, was so that was good. That, that was absolutely like the yeah yes. that was the best thing uh, he did in the yeah. movie uh which i'm sure was a lot Although of fun, i but. i really liked before that when john c Riley held up his katana like the same yes, katana 100%. but when he was wielding it wait hold on hold on because i do want to get to john c Riley and his his gun peg okay. his uh his japanese friend but i wanted insha to chime in on tom hiddleston yes okay please I, yes i like them both a lot mm-hmm. but i do agree with you guys like i feel like they were just like look here's some pretty people that you can stare at because like i like for mason i was like why why are you bringing her this 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 feels like the, like she she's only armed with a camera and peace and activism like what 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 does she what does she bring to this except for to photograph it and like i it's like they it's like they needed another role for a woman in the movie that wasn't another scientist yeah so they sort of had to be like war photographer we'll do war photographer and then I get, and then I get her too because of the classic. They needed like that classic, pretty blonde girl plus Kong thing. Yeah, they needed. Yeah, like Ray. they needed that. That that was going to be a thing. I'm happy they didn't dwell on that, but I'm happy that was like a sensitive moment in the movie. You can tell that that was what they were going for. But with Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. I'm like, I get that because 
he's just really attractive to look at and he's like he's there i guess yeah it's and... i think the the biggest issue with the two of them is that there are a lot of other characters just more interesting yeah not that they're necessarily bad they're just not the most interesting but they're ostensibly yeah, I think one, I think I talked about this one time, and I was, I was like, I would have switched out Tom Hiddleston for Moa, for more of Toby Kibble, or Cabell, or whatever yeah, his name is. 100%. Like, Toby I would have, yeah. I would have switched those out tremendously, because I was just like, I don't really need Tom Hiddleston to be here. I, I would have preferred Toby to take the lead on this, because, like, he's really pretty, and also... He does stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> yeah. fan, he's a fantastic actor. Um, and he he was another example of I'm used to seeing him in stuff and seeing him like be really good in stuff, and then he sort of gets killed off, and I didn't expect it because he's the one who gets like the sensitive moment where he sort of sees um, King Kong tending to his wounds and being a with like uh like old boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he gets a really nice moment, a couple of really nice moments, and then he gets killed off. So it's it was another thing that kept me on my toes. More of it, but I agree hundred percent. He's he's just a slightly. He probably would have brought a little more to. Yeah, it and I mean, like yeah. I I can't and like I can't get mad that he wasn't in the movie because he did like the second like motion capture for Kong after like Terry did. But I'm like, I don't want I. I'm good with Tom Hiddleston, but at the same time, I want that one, the other pretty mm -hmm. guy. And also, I'm just, I'm also kind of just mad that, like, Thomas Mann died and Toby died. No, Th Thomas Mann didn't die, but Toby died. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel things. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> um, did we want to talk about the best part of the movie, aka John C. Riley? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Jo like I, I love John C. Yeah, Riley. <laughs> John C. Riley has been making some fantastic choices in his career, and this is just such an emotional role, but still flat out hilarious and so captivating. The world building they do with him and Gunpei's relationship—that's all off screen and not really taught. Like it's not dwelled on. It's just a part of who he is now yeah. is brilliant. I'd watch an entire prequel about him and Gunpei just becoming friends on the island and learning about yeah. all the other crazy animals and stuff. <laughs> well, so with the director, apparently. That's like, he was like, well, that's kind of what I want to do he next. Should do that. Let he me. should That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, John C. Riley's fantastic in it. He's like the heart of the movie. I definitely, I teared up a little bit at the very end when he makes it home. And sees his like kid for the first time and yes. gets to drink a beer and watch a Cubs game. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> the way that that scene was set up to be like done in archive footage and completely silent so all you see is just those facial expressions. And it, <laughs> it's it's so... it gets you. <laughs> like I was I was crying at the end of Kong Skull Island. Because he got a hot dog and a beer and to watch a Cubs game. Um, uh, should we move on to another one? 
Um, did, did we did we talk about the effects? Oh very no, much? we did. Since that's what it was. About. <laughs> yes, good call. Good call. Uh, I thought the effects were very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the end. Not... No, I thought it did a really good job of creating the creatures on Skull Island. Um, yeah. Like the giant. The spider blew the me spider away. The spider freaked me the fuck out when I watched <laughs> this for the first time. Um, and my favorite one was the like the log bug thing that Toby Kevil shoots. And then yeah. it's like all sad and sort of. That was my favorite creature. Yeah. Um, I liked the buffaloes that seemed to be like they were very Princess Mononoke inspired. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love yeah, the design the of the skull crawlers. Like, yep, that was cool. Jesus. They did a good job of, um, it was similar to, uh, Godzilla, the 2014 one, in that our hero is, like, is fighting a monster that has a similar design to, like, what we see a lot of present day monster design looking like. You know what I mean? Like a Cloverfield-ish mm-hmm. kind of monster. Like the Mutos from Godzilla have that sort of gangly insecty look and the skull crawlers yeah. kind yeah. of do as well but like an interesting version so it's sort of like watching classic monsters fight present day monster design which is <laughs> no absolutely i see that and, and it gives something a little more than just like pointing out the monsters you know like it is creating its own mythology a little bit in that mm-hmm. way and outside of just creature design i thought like that scene in the elephant graveyard was so well done with all, like, the gas and the gigantic skeletons. You mean the Mr. and Mrs. Kong graveyard? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I call it the elephant graveyard, obviously, because of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like the shot. I kind of wish there was a different, like, shot of it. Because I love the idea of when they mount the gigantic gun on the the skull of the triceratops <laughs> yeah triceratops. they're shooting it at the things it was a really cool shot but i wanted to see like a dope side shot of it with like the gun jutting out from the skull but it was just like head on which still a cool i love the idea of it i just kind of wanted to see a million other versions of that shot because <laughs> it was so cool right <laughs> it's very cool all right should we move on to i Tanya? we should <laughs> and we can come back and forth if we think of things we to no no we can't but... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Moving, on. Moving on. So, um, yeah, Incha, you lead this one off. Tell us maybe why you chose it. Oh, because I liked it. <laughs> um, good idea. That's a good reason. Um, I kind of chose. It's not why I chose mine, but <laughs> yours. Hey, but I chose this one because this one actually made me tear up in the theater, mostly because of the last like couple minutes when she's in the courtroom, but. Um, mm-hmm. this, I really, really, really liked this movie, and I liked how it kind of, like, broke back and forth the fourth wall, and then the editing, which it deserves, like, the editing, like, um, os- like, deserves the editing Oscar. It's not gonna get it, but I'm happy it's nominated, but the editing is, like, spot on for it, especially when she skates, and everybody in this movie is so good at their job, like, good job capturing all these people and like you don't know if you believe them or not which i love that in a movie especially a biographical movie where somebody's like telling you a story you're just like i don't i want to believe you 
but and like yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I chose this one. Also, Sebastian Stan and Tidy Whities. <laughs> <laughs> with that terrible mustache and that mustache Incha, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sebastian Stan beating a woman you know what <laughs> this was um, the I was shocked by Sebastian Stan in that this was like the best I've ever seen act of. and I'm like I'm a fan of his but I he's never like blown me away in anything but except this i thought he was like amazing is it because um, sebastian stan is more of like like this this is no this is no offense to him but like does do you think that like sebastian stan is like more of a backgroundy character like how he is in the avengers where like he kind of mm-hmm. like pops up and he's just like hey i'm here okay i'm bye like kind of or it could just be the roles that he's been cast in like as bucky in the Marvel movie yeah it doesn't really ask a lot from him he's playing sort of an emotionless assassin and then sometimes he sort of remembers his best friend and then but it doesn't really uh, there's not a lot he has to do whereas this is a way more complicated role I would say and I was just Mm -hmm. impressed that he did it so well like like it would be an easy role for somebody to make way too farcical like to make it really goofy sort of like i could see someone playing it like the uncle from napoleon dynamite who hits women <laughs> like if you just <laughs> added that to the character i could see someone playing it like that but he doesn't he makes it like a dude who isn't that smart is super desperate is like jealous is scared and like like he made it very yeah. real mm-hmm. yeah which I think that was something everybody in the movie yeah. did. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, Mar- um, Margot Robbie yeah. and um, uh, Alice and Janney are amazing. Um, like you said, Incha, at the end in the courtroom, when she finds out she's not allowed to skate professionally anymore, that it's like... That's hard. That was, like, the yeah. hardest scene. And I was... That, that sucks. Like, it sucks because of... It sucks because, like, you're seeing her, like, break down and, like, Margot Robbie, like, plays that scene so well. And then, like, the the, the movie, like, the camera panning in on her face while she's just, like, I all I, like, that's all I want to do. But it's, like, the emotion of it, too. And then just, like, oh, everything about that scene just, like, made me cry. I was just, like, I didn't cry during any other movie this year. Not even The Shape of Water, but that one scene, I'm just, like no i can't why is this happening to me yeah that one made me too but i'm a baby like i'll watch like kids movies awesome. <laughs> if, I'm not, if, if, if they pull it off well um yeah like i'm not very i'm not stingy with getting emotionally invested in uh anything so it's but it definitely that was a big um i also think someone who probably is getting enough credit but there's not really a good spot for him to get like much awards consideration or anything was um paul walter hauser as sean the like idiot sean he's like sean was so amazing as as somebody who like i knew nothing about tanya harding going into this movie 
but just a character like Sean. <laughs> Especially when I saw the actual yeah. footage of yeah. Sean at the end of the movie, because that I think is a brilliant idea to actually show the real footage at the end of the film during mm-hmm. the credits. But, uh, oh my god, he blew me away with just how insane that character yeah, he is. He was really good, and the character was like, a perfect not in, insane in a way like i feel like we went to high school with yeah he's like the <laughs> kind of guy mean? who would he's like a that guy where you're like oh yeah i know a dude like that who you would like he'd be like a friend of your friend who came to hang out with you one time and he would talk about how like he learned krav maga from his dad who's in special forces <laughs> but you're like yes. and he always has different kinds of knives and stuff that he shows you. yeah yeah he's definitely that guy and it's like he was—he pulled off the character with such great, like specificity. It, like, like no self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah, so good. That you bring up an interesting thing um, that you didn't know about the Sean guy—that he was a real person. Um, mm-hmm. How familiar were either of you with the whole Tanya Harding, Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan thing? Like, mostly just Jay Leno uh, <laughs> monologue jokes, uh, or... I, I knew they were figure skaters, and that one of them had their legs broken. Right. I, I'm sorry, I was a child at the time, and I didn't follow figure skating. <laughs> okay, no one's blaming <laughs> I, th- I just also just thought that this was a very smart way to make a biography film like this, where you had conflicting accounts... To really like set it up almost like a documentary mm-hmm. with the uh the sit down to camera interviews and literally getting all the conflicting stories because like it it was adapted from multiple sources yeah, right. right I yeah. think there's mostly there's from still a lot Tanya. of was it, was it mostly from Tanya and Josh? um probably there's still a lot of and that's maybe where um the conflicting reports come in because I think there's still a lot up in the air about who knew what and to what extent yeah. they knew. Yeah. yeah, because the the movie does present <clears throat> a reality. Yeah. It just also leaves the door open for it not to mm-hmm. be true. It, I think it goes with one of the more generally agreed upon theories that um, that Tanya knew there were going to be death threats to Nancy to freak her out, but not that there was going to be actual assault. Yeah. I think right. it sort of comes down on that side of it, which is probably fair because it's still like she's not innocent by any means, but but she definitely Jeff or Sean, the two fucking idiots who actually <laughs> do the assault. Yeah. It is. Um, I would recommend watching um, the thirty for thirty documentary about it called "The Price of Gold," mm-hmm. um, which okay. goes over. A lot of the a lot of similar aspects, um, like also talks about uh, Tanya's career leading up to the incident and like the aftermath and stuff. Um, but it's like a documentary version, like a legit documentary instead of a, a fake one. An act, yeah, yeah. like dramatization. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really good. It's it was. I also found it really interesting just to see how completely rigged figure skating was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because, like, I, I've actually, like, I remember listening to uh, a different podcast, they were talking about a lot of changes that have been made to the sport 
recently to really categorize where points are coming from and actually make it more of a sport than the like it, it was just treated as an art form before so it was very subjective what you were allowed to get also, points for really whether you liked also, it, it or not it was very much a popularity contest and you can kind of see it in this movie where like nancy was oh, like yeah. the prettier and most popular one at the time and she was like up and coming and like she just had the look like that's another thing that i liked about this movie is that like Tanya and Nancy are so different and then like you can see in their figure skating how different they are and then like with the look you can see how different they are and then like you kind of when it like comes down to it they praise Nancy because they were just like she's such an inspiration and then they were just like uh yeah Tanya you can't skate anymore go fuck yourself yeah and I do think they do a good job of towing the line between keeping us we are sympathetic with Tanya, and mm-hmm. that's why that last scene hit so hard with Bam. Without in any way making Nancy seem like a bad guy in any way, exactly. which is what yeah. I exactly. was sort of scared of when well, I started watching it. Nancy never had a line in the film, and and I was noticing that. Like at one point, I'm like, okay, I don't think they're gonna have Nancy talk mm-hmm. at all, which was a good choice whether maybe it wasn't even a choice it was. maybe and nancy kerrigan was like well, I will it, sue it, you. it wasn't a story about exactly. nancy yeah. at but all. honestly too like nancy really didn't say anything about the attack she was just no. like it happened it's done it's over like she Which never can't she, blame her at all yeah yeah she never really blamed like obviously like she hated it and she was just like yeah what they did was like messed up but like she was just like i just want to move on with my life i love having my legs broke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was in, it's interesting, uh, Billy, when you mentioned that uh, how sort of rigged figure skating could be, because like you said, is more of an art form than a sport. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. there's so much room for subjectivity. And and Tanya was looking at it as a mm-hmm. sport the whole time. She was like, "Look, I'm physically capable of doing better yeah. things." Um, I, I was actually, I was talking to my mom about the Olympics and she was saying she used to love like figure skating and ice dancing and whatnot in the nineties. And then it was like around when this happened and I assume there were like other controversies and stuff. Uh, it really turned her off, like watching any of that stuff because it can be so rigged and, and, and unfair towards people mm-hmm. that like then you get shit like this that happens where people yeah. break legs. To oh, exactly. So I am glad um, that they made changing the professional part of it because I really actually enjoyed the ice dancing a lot this Olympics. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as curling. Curling was really great. That's Olympics corner. <laughs> All See right. you back here in four years. I... <laughs> When the film runners sit down to watch Men with No, no, no. Rooms. It's just a, a, a segment where I mention the one or two sports I enjoy. Oh. And I don't go any, into any details. I just say, yeah, I enjoyed that. You know what's really <laughs> funny, though, Billy? You mentioned that Men with Brooms. Um, I read like eight or ten different... I didn't read eight, ten articles. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I read like two <laughs> articles that were um about like oh there needs to be a curling movie about the u.s hockey team this ragtag group of people that won gold which yeah sure probably but not one of the articles mentioned paul gross's men with brooms a canadian <laughs> classic that's frustrating starring Leslie nielsen as their their curling coach 
guys had yeah. a curling we did have a curling movie thank you very much <laughs> i uh i forgot that incha may not know I about that shit movie. about sports and i'm flabbergasted that you guys have a curling movie we will we'll send you some literature on the curling movie please don't do you know paul gross but he was in that um do south show where he was like a mountie that worked with the u.s in chicago no yeah. no <laughs> you ever watch slings and arrows about a canadian Shakespeare company? <laughs> one of the one of the best tv shows of all time you should watch it but paul gross is like our i don't know George Clooney? What is he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Anyway. The Canadian boy who made good, but then just, he stayed. He, he stayed, he hung around. His daughter is an actress now. Um, she was in that Mindhunter show with Jonathan Groff, the one where, about profiling serial killers that David Fincher directed. Netflix? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Paul Gross's daughter is on it. In a few episodes, mm-hmm. plays Jonathan Gross' girlfriend. Oh, in what show? Uh, it's called Mindhunter. She is really. <laughs> where, where, it's on, it airs on Netflix. You watch it anytime. It's streaming. <laughs> she has really pretty boobs. Isn't it? Uh, who Jonathan Gross? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I I know we're avoiding it, but uh, let's talk about the boss baby. This is where the episode ends, right? <laughs> So I, I chose The Boss Baby because I actually went out to see it in an advance screening for a review. And can you imagine? It has haunted can you me imagine having ever to do since? That? How did you not just blow your brains? Out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't hear about the adventure. I did hear about it, but I, I went. <laughs> I went there expecting it to be like a like a pre-release review screening, but then there were it was filled with babies. There were babies everywhere. There was a marketing. Yeah. It was probably, they only extended the invite to you that time. And babies. And then they were just like, <laughs> right. we need to give him the full experience. Are you on the Pampers mailing list? And they just <laughs> sent it out. I am. That's sent why. Sent out a pre-screening to anybody who orders a shitload of diapers. <laughs> so, The Boss Baby is a film about a baby who comes down... From his office in heaven, in order to do some corporate espionage on a puppy company. So that the babies and puppies, uh, there's only so much love in the world to go around. And, and if, if puppies have it, there'll be no more babies. And so the boss baby needs to get... The job done. This sounds like a movie. Like, the way you just described it, <laughs> it sounds like a movie that should have came out in, like, that 1960s, like, educational film, but it was made in, like, 2017. It, it came so. out. <laughs> yup. Now, okay, admittedly, I also chose it because the weird thing about it is it's kind of good. Like, it is captivating in how insane it is. And... It isn't, like, it's not bad to look at in any ways. It's, it's a pretty little thing. If you're into baby. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Did we watch the same thing? <laughs> what was 
your take on the boss. <laughs> it was, you know what? Ancient, whichever one of you, I think, because I was in a blind rage at William <laughs> introducing, whichever one of you said that it, it was like a, a 50s TV or school special that they would teach children about like love while also inundating them with pro-capitalist <laughs> propaganda. That's exactly what it would be. And at least that would only be like 10, 12 minutes long. Right? This was like over an hour and a half. Right? It what do you mean it's what do you mean it's good or good looking? What are you talking about? It's good. It's good in that it 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 makes decisions about what it's going to do and it doesn't question them. It doesn't go, oh, that's a bad idea, or that'll be too... It doesn't ever worry about being too weird. This is a film in which a grown adult can throw a baby at a car, and that got in the final It cut. doesn't make decisions. It half-asses everything. Literally yeah, but... <laughs> nothing lands. Like, when they're talking about when, when it ends with, like, ooh, everyone can have enough love for everybody. Like, that was such a limp runner throughout the entire movie that it didn't land at all. The him singing this stupid fucking song to his... Not stupid, it's a good song. No, now it isn't. I hate the song. But when he sings Blackbird, like, that doesn't land at all because that was barely in the movie. Like, I hate... You know who I hate? The big baby. He's ugly. So I don't know what you mean it's a good-looking movie. No, the big the big baby, like, the, the overweight child. Whatever, yeah, the big baby with the crew cut who steals yeah. the well, guy's I just want to make sure you're not talking about, like, big, colossal, big boss baby. Right no, the baby who stole the eyebrows and then... <laughs> oh, like the monstrous-looking baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. The baby who likes I don't know dance. a PC way to describe this baby to you. <laughs> What do you mean it looks good? Everything was so ugly. I thought it, I you thought, know. no, I, no, I will go with it looks good. Like, it has an aesthetic, and it is very much the too cute for its own good aesthetic, with the gigantic eyes on the children. Okay, no, but no, no. I think it had, Because right, no, go, go, go. if, if, okay, I don't think that, that's not a good argument, because if you want to go <laughs> with a, with a movie that's aesthetically pleasing to the eye, you could go for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That's aesthetically pleasing because that movie makes sense in its animation. Like, the overall story arc just makes sense. That is actually another movie that's way too weird, but they just keep going with it. Also, it's made by two brilliant people. But this one is just... Why is half the things that's in it happening? Also, yeah, I don't think it, it doesn't get credit for having a... Like... Gigi Allen had a style, and it was eating shit on stage. That <laughs> doesn't mean it was good to look at. Like, I get... The one thing I do... The one thing I do get about... You also cut me off before I got to my you argument. You had so an argument. <laughs> the one thing I, I... I get... I get the movie. I do... No, I don't. I... Mm. Why does this kid have a suit? Straight out of yeah. the womb. My last note is, why must there be a boss baby? I don't <laughs> understand It's how the movie was pitched. You think Baby Corp can function without a boss? That everyone's just out on their own free? But a boss like, baby isn't, isn't a thing outside of this movie. No. What the hell is Tom McGrath? Oh, he made Madagascar. That's, that's what makes sense now. Okay. Sorry. Like, what is a... Why was there a boss baby? See, 
here's the thing I will really defend. You didn't get, didn't let me get to my point on my aesthetic <laughs> argument, and that's fine, but here's what I will defend. I have never had more fun talking about a movie really? than I have had with The Boss never? Baby. The oh, Boss shit. Baby oh, is so insane <laughs> that you just, you just go into a weird rabbit hole of what the hell is this? And it's just, it's absurdist. Not because it's intending to, but because it is true. Like, it's weird in that it's kind of like anti-corporate, but through the it's most not anti-corporate lens. <laughs> it's not anti-corporate. Doesn't he leave the, the company at the end? Yeah, but the company still stays the company. He just yeah. decided to be one of the one of the products instead of one he of the... He throws it into anarchy. He throws off their whole economy of love. No, he doesn't. The system's working fine. He uses it to get down to his brother or whatever. But here's the question. So pre-life or heaven or wherever the fuck these stupid kids are, <laughs> it's just, it's like certain babies are just chosen to do admin for eternity. What did yes. it... That's it's horrifying. a horrifying fucked up system. Yeah. But it doesn't the system I'm not defending I'm your saying, system of, I'm of saying eternal paperwork. The movie is. You're saying it's anti-capitalist. I'm saying it's super pro-capitalist. This system is still working when what's his fuck? The stupid idiot has a kid at the end. Because he gets a boss. That would be Toby <laughs> Maguire, actor thespian of Spider-Man. It's crazy. It's dis this movie's disgusting. It's disgusting. I I liked the part where the boss baby got to go back up to the corporation and so they just made it like the baby like the baby's gone now. Like I, what do the friends of the parents think? Do they think the baby just Here's died? Here's what happened. There's a weird inception <laughs> thing going on with the movie where you're it's a it's a guy narrating to his kids. So you've already got an uh what's it called? unreliable narrator then within that he also has like dreams and shit so i don't know if yeah. we're supposed to take any of it at face value but let's say we take some of it at face value i think boss baby died of sids <laughs> and then the very end is like a year later and they have a second baby and they name this one ted instead of boss Middly, the mistake was naming the child boss baby yeah. No, I can I can absolutely agree with that reading. It's dark as hell, but I can see it. How many babies? Stupid. <laughs> and butts too, right? Yeah. So many butts. Oh, boss baby literally just Remember? throws money at his problems. Disgusting. <laughs> he's a boss man by that point. He does time. it all the, throughout. When he's a boss baby, he does it too. Oh, oh and it makes like. Heaven looked like a horrifying capitalist hellhole. Disgusting. You know what I did like about this movie? I'm so glad this movie got made. What what I did like you the like? Spook, the quote unquote spooky parts. Like there was that there was a scene on yes. What spooky parts? What no, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't. No, no, no. I really it don't wasn't. Know what like you're like, like that's why yet. I said quote <laughs> like quote unquote spooky parts. Like where it was like. The kid Who are you coming. quoting? An insane person? Yes. <laughs> but, like, there was that part where Timmy, or, yeah, I guess his name was Timmy, because that's the most generic name on the planet. Timmy was going into his super spy mode, and then he was going down the stairs, and, like, he saw all the babies kind of, like, 
Like he had like the 3D weird. Oh, like the paranormal yeah, activity. Yeah, I like that part. Those those. I thought I I liked when he went into his animation mode and it went into that kind of like black light animation. Yeah, I like I like the editing in his animation. Like I like the you know what I did like about this movie. I liked how it the I like the. I like the animation. I like how fluid it was. Because, like, you can't have mm-hmm. this movie without it, like, at least being very... Just the fluid motion of it, just, it, it was it was good. Because it kind of captured that Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs kind of vibe, where, like, everything... Like, you had to keep going. Like, everything hey. had to keep going, but... I thought there was a great use of light, uh, too. Wait. It was very bright. Speaking of fluid... How about when Boss Baby gets a fucking Bukaki <laughs> at the end, when he gets back to heaven, and they just, like, blow loads all over him <laughs> to celebrate? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh... <laughs> oh, what was that line that I texted you, Billy? And then I said that this movie needed to get canceled. <laughs> um... Oh, when when he when he hands the pacifier yeah, to his like, brother, yeah, it was like you suck it. Says, I don't want to suck, suck it. it. I'm like, what the? No, this movie, this movie shouldn't have should not have been made. And then they end up sucking pacifiers at each other, and then the dad comes in like, "What weird shit did I just walk into?" Like, come on, what? Gimmel did good. That's another thing that I didn't like about this movie, and I think I already talked about it with you. I didn't like how each and every one of the adults in this movie sounded the same. It sounded like every single generic white guy I've ever known. Except for you guys, because you guys are Canadian. (laughs) That's our (laughs) exception. Like, Jimmy Kimmel sounded like Steve Buscemi, and then Steve Buscemi sounded like Tobey Maguire, and then I didn't... It's so weird that you think anyone sounded like Steve I, Buscemi. He didn't even sound like Steve Buscemi. And I love me some Steve Buscemi. And I did not think that was Steve Buscemi. Like, when I saw him in the credits, I was like, oh, okay, Steve Buscemi's gonna be in this movie. It's gonna be amazing. Nope. <laughs> well, I did not tell you it was going to be You didn't tell amazing. me shit about this movie, except for, oh my god. Watch it. Press play. It has a boss baby in it. What else do you need to know? This is apparently a lot more than I did. So, if all goes according to plan, this podcast will be out before the wait, Oscars. Wait, hold on, wait. I feel like, wait. Uh, is there wait. anything that we are looking forward wait, to? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that the goal here is not to torture each other with terrible movies. It's to watch interesting or movies we find enjoyable and share them with others and discuss them. Right? I enjoyed The Boss Baby. I enjoyed its absurdism. (laughs) I enjoyed how insane it is. And you cannot take that away from me. I want Michael's, like, heavy, disappointed size as my ringtone. All right. So what are we? What were you gonna do? Are we doing like predictions or something? Is that what you were gonna ask? Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I, was, I just wanted to get us back on track for a little wrap right. up. What What are we looking forward to with the Oscars? Is there anything else that was 
super interesting this year or was nominated that we wanted to to touch on briefly um do we do we think the movies we picked they are gonna win no <laughs> well no that's not true i do think i tanya will win for supporting act yeah alice and janny will win yeah i yeah i wouldn't be i would not be surprised i'd say that. for the big ones i'd go guillermo del toro for director uh, alice and janny sam rockwell for supporting actor probably gary oldman for actor and then uh francis Dorman, I think, for Best Actress. And then Best Picture, maybe Shape of Water? Maybe, hopefully, Get Out would be dope. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I want I want so badly for, like, Shape of Water or Get Out, but I feel like Three Billboards is gonna probably... Three Billboards or Darkest Hour. Because we love us you think some Darkest World War II. Chance? Yeah, that, <laughs> maybe. What do you think, Billy? I, th- I think that's fair. I feel like I I feel like the, a prediction of Guillermo winning Best Director but not winning Best Picture is probably fairly accurate because everyone likes Guillermo, but I feel like the Academy's still pretty down on genre films. <clears throat> Plus, it it's split a lot since they changed the voting. Mm-hmm. So, director mm-hmm. sometimes seems to be like a consolation prize for Best Picture not winning. You know what I mean? So there is a chance right. that he wins that, and then that happened with La La Land. Uh, Damien Chazelle won for La La Land, and then Moonlight got best. Yeah. Um. Eventually. Yeah. After a while. Uh, were there any other cool nominees this year that we wanted to highlight? I want best. I want best cinematography to go to Deacons, but I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I really hope it's his year too. That would be dope. Um, for animated feature, I really like the movie The Breadwinner. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I uh, I kind of hope Boss Baby doesn't win, because I am pulling <laughs> It's not going to win. I think Coco, Coco's, Coco's going to win that one. But Breadwinner would be a surprise. That movie would love You don't think the Boss Baby's no. issue win? <sighs> <laughs> Wait, who's um, that best actor? Oh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. No, Gary Oldman, best actor. Sam Rockwell, supporting. Oh, best supporting. Oh. Yeah. I'm surprised, like, no one's voting for Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't know why, since, like, I'm kind of just surprised everybody's like, well, this is his last movie, give him the role. Like, I- it is. <laughs> it, it is weird that I think he's just in a year where I think if, I don't think Phantom Thread, like, hit that hard on the awards circuit. Like, I think mm-hmm. it came a little too late, and it wasn't as big i think he's probably like third in line if you disqualified gary oldman timothy challenge probably get it but that's true but it is weird you'd think like daniel day lewis big last role i mean whether it's actually gonna be his last role or not i'm questionable no Um, it's not because he's gonna come back in like two more years (laughs) and be like well i'm ready to do this again but yeah Yeah. we'll see what marvel movie he pops up in. yeah he can play uh (laughs) Who's the new Wolverine? <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He pull it off. That Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. He's a good actor. <laughs> the guy who the guy who just ignores what generally people say, and he's like, I don't care what people say. Daniel Day Lewis. That's a good actor. No one's arguing with you. Um. Any other notes before we uh, wrap this up um, here? Wrap up this whole boss baby. <clears throat> 
Let's adapt the screenplay should go to Logan. But I'm not making the rules. Yeah, that would be really good. Was, is, is I, Tanya up for adapting no. screenplay? Oh, you see. But it would, I think it, it should be, because I think it did some really clever I things I think it would there. count as original. Because it's not adapted from something. Because it's adapted from multiple yeah, sources. Yeah, it's from, like, interviews and stuff. Like, it's just yeah. researched. <laughs> but either way, yes. The, it, I really, I did enjoy the, the Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't. But there are some good um, original screenplay numbers. Um, yeah. The Big Sick, Get Out. Which I hope wins. Like, like if, like even if it doesn't win Best Picture, I think Get Out should get something. Oh yeah, like I, I'd vote for it three times if I could. <laughs> That's the. <point>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mistake. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. Um, I, I was actually, I was talking to my mom about the boss baby. And I thought it worked really well for me because, ooh, everyone can have enough love for everybody. But I do think that was my favorite movie. It's a lot of fun. It's like, I love Jimmy Kimmel. I don't care what anyone says. He's a good actor. <laughs> and then the very end is like, it's a good song. And it's a good looking movie. Very good at visual effects. I just want to reiterate that that should be a uh, best picture deservedly so i would say yeah i really like the movie boss baby yeah i enjoyed that i teared up a little bit at the very end couldn't have guessed the movie is very good the big baby was funny and then super intense and uncomfortable yep that was cool yeah i like the boss baby 